Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, you are literal minutes away from vacation. I am. I am. How this angry is, would you uh, be if this went time. to overtime? Yeah, I'm. I'm checked out, man. I'm. Uh, <laughs> no, baby. I, what I'm gonna. So someone told me, uh, gave me good advice. They, they were like, you know, you gotta. You know how the Lakers went out last night, and mm-hmm. they, you know, could have just been on vacation, but no, they went out and played hard, and they they got that that W, even if it took to over OT. That's what we're doing today. So all you need is like Monte Morris to cuss you out. Yeah, if you want to talk some shit at, at some point, like <laughs> get me fired up. Let's do Man, this. you think I'm a Monte Morris? I'm not even a starting point guard. <laughs> You're the starting point guard in my heart, Dan. Thank you. Jeez, at least make me like an Avery Bradley nominal point guard. Freaking backup Denver Nuggets point guard. I'm livid. That'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Lakers podcast. I'm fucking pissed. (laughs) Uh, Today's show, like I said yesterday, we are going to uh, do a year in review to this point. Uh, It is the All-Star break. The Lakers have played 53 games. Uh, They currently sit at... What was it, 41 and 12? Uh, yes. That's not bad. Not too bad. Not too shabby. You remember Phil's old uh, thing, if the title teams win 40 games before they lose 20? Mm-hmm. We're, we're right in that. Like, we're way ahead of schedule on that. Yeah, so. yeah I like cool. it. I like it. The, the Lakers are guaranteed to win or to go 500 uh, for the first time in uh, since 2013. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so uh, overall, a pretty good season to this point. The way this is going to break down, we are going to uh, chunk it up into stars, role players, and then coaching in front office, um, and and we'll break up the segments accordingly. I think it has to start with the stars, though, because that's as far as this team is going to go. Can mm-hmm. Anthony Davis? Can LeBron James carry the entire organization uh, to? Their season-long goals and then uh, their ten-year-long goals uh, for for as long as they remain Lakers. Uh, what have you What have you felt or how, how have you felt about the seasons that uh, LeBron and AD have had to this point? I'll start with LeBron. His leadership has been absolutely phenomenal, and that uh, went to a different level with Kobe's passing, mm-hmm. but. Even before the season, um, organizing the training camp in Las Vegas, he's done a lot of work to like the, the chemistry that this team has. I believe LeBron James is the most important person in that, not just because he's the the leader and the best player, but he's really done a lot of hard work to make this a close knit group. Um, and, and so, before any of the on court stuff, I, I'd like to say, you know, just point that out. Then on the court, I mean, he <laughs> if he gets hurt, man, <laughs> I'm glad we have a, a lead. He is everything. He is everything. I talk about shot creation over and over and over again. The guy who can create advantage and then take advantage of it. LeBron's our guy, and he's leading the league in assists. He is still probably the best shot creator in the world. Um, you know, we can have discussions about the best player and, and uh, what that means, guys like Giannis and uh, Kawhi, and, but the best, like, shot creator is, I think, LeBron James, even still in year 17. So just, man, he's he's been pretty good on the defensive end for most of the season. Uh, I just, it's a, it's a solid A for, for me. My only concern is his scoring ability. Will he be able to score against those better teams? But since he's LeBron James, he gets my benefit of the doubt. How do you how do you view this first half of the season for him? 
Well, to kind of pick up on a point that you made, even though it was facetiously at the beginning of the show, I thought a really important moment occurred last night. And it was when LeBron James, with the game on the line, double switched. Uh, I believe Darius said that the, the term was scramming, right? That's mm-hmm. the, and, and he made it so that he was guarding Nikola Jokic when the Nuggets were trying to pick on, I believe it was Contavious Caldwell-Pope. That's right. That's correct. Uh, that's a huge effing moment. It's the game before All-Star break. The, the the game is still very much on the line. Could go either way. And in both instances, he accepted the challenge, took on another likely MVP candidate in, in, in Jokic, who has been playing out of his absolute mind mm-hmm. over the last month or so. Uh, accepted that challenge, uh, met that challenge, right? Uh, accomplished the goal of forcing tough shots, forcing misses, forcing whatever, and and that played a pivotal role in the Lakers getting a win, a much needed win, right? Because they go into the uh, All Star break now with an additional game up on Denver than they would have if he doesn't if he doesn't meet that challenge, mm-hmm. and and, Bro, and it kind of four speaks- games up. Yeah. Four, sorry, four games up at the All-Star break is yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, you know, to everything that you said, you know, I, I thought that was a perfect kind of amalgamation of what LeBron James has been this year. Uh, and it's kind of what everybody wanted him to be from, from day one. And, you know, is there? I think there's a valid criticism, criticism to be made that he waited for his specific type team uh, to take up this kind of leadership. Uh, I, I, if you want to levy that against him. Uh, he, yeah, bro, look at what you. Golden State's doing this year. Golden State had, what, yeah. four trips to the finals in a row? Right. Like, double that. LeBron deserved a year off. Like, yeah. it was, that was like the worst freaking year last year. It was so frustrating. But, like, for LeBron, a big picture probably gives us a better shot at the title that last year went the way that it did for us to win, have a chance at a title this year. And honestly, I hate kids too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's what six months of fatherhood right there (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah i i think this year has been uh lebron has lived up to his billing and and it's been and it's been spectacular to watch right but the the number one storyline that we were ready to watch heading into the season was does lebron have you know another haymaker to throw and what does it look like if that lands and so far to this point it's been pretty spectacular. It's been pretty awesome to watch. How do you feel about it? I don't AD? know. Well, bro, I don't know if this is the haymaker from LeBron. I think the haymaker is coming in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And so this is not that. Or This is a, this is a regular season haymaker, though. I do agree with that. I definitely agree with that. As for AD, um, boy, is he fun to watch, man. He's <laughs> so coordinated and graceful. He reminds me of like what I imagine a pterodactyl was like, or like some like graceful historic creature that doesn't look real. Like he's just so fluid and balletic, right? It's like Mm -hmm. watching a, a a dancer, like in, in terms of how he finishes around the rim, that's been the biggest. So aside from like, you know, best defensive player in the game. Oh, by the way, Mm -hmm. um, not overrated turns out. No, certainly not. The, the way that he finishes, this is something to watch out for. If you're listening, like watch the different angles 
and positions that he finishes around the rim from. He can catch and slow down and contort and twist and bend and do all these things that allow him to just softly lay the ball up in the rim. And it looks like super easy when he does it. It's not easy. Most guys go flying out of bounds, especially bigs. Mm -hmm. So just his level of coordination. um, I think that said, I think he's gotten rattled in a couple of our bigger games. Mm -hmm. Um, He was, And he it's just the moment seems a little big for him. I know he's been great in the playoffs the couple of years that he's been there. I'm not trying to make a broad judgment on him. It's just one thing like, can we depend on him to be a number two? Can we depend on him to be a guy who more offense flows through, um, be better passing out of double teams, all that stuff. So that said, though, I'm I'm just absolutely thrilled to watch him every night. He. He does something that I don't think very many players are really capable of. He makes casual fans tune into defense. Yes. Oh, that's great. I love that. It's 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 you know it's funny. Jen and I said, and and Jen's about as casual a fan as you can be. You know, she she tunes into the game when it's on. Uh, she doesn't spend time on like Spo Track and the Trade Machine or anything like that. She just tunes in for the game when it's on, looks forward to it, and and when she's out there noticing, how did he go from there to block a shot over there and then also get the rebound and start the break? Like if you're if you're that spectacular defensively, that somebody who doesn't really know what to watch for on that end of the court notices. That's when you're special. And that's been really cool to watch. It's that's such a cool point because it's kind of like a gateway to learning more about the game yeah. too. Right. Is it's this guy like how, how did all of us really fall in love with basketball? Right. Like something caught our attention like, oh, that's that's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of this it's a gateway drug to the rest of basketball. <laughs> and, and what's cool about basketball, he's kind of the gateway drug to what's so cool about uh, the defensive end of the court. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed that. You know, offensively he has his warts, the passing thing, uh, handling mm-hmm. double teams like that's something that can be frustrating. The the entire, you know, I only want to play the five in certain spots. You know, that's Adam asked me what it, will that continue in the playoffs, and if it does, like then what? And I say, well, then I just hop on here and I kill him because he's literally making his team worse. Uh, but overall, but, but you know they're not gonna. Sorry, go ahead. Well, sorry, sorry. I, I don't. I yeah. I think the point you were going to make is that I don't think that's going to happen. Um, well, I I also don't think that like. I don't think they're going to change the starting lineup either, right? Like, mm-hmm. now maybe JaVale gets shorter shifts. And, like, I, I think he's going to still start at the four mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Um, I just I, – I think we'll see more minutes from him at the five, but not entirely at the five. Well, I think we saw when the Lakers played Houston uh, – no, it was a loss. But uh, I think eight, or JaVale and Dwight only combined for, like, 20 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Which means that AD was out there for like th- almost thirty minutes at the five. Uh, you know, I think that kind of thing is probably going to you know continue on in the playoffs. He's willing to do it, and and, and you know this approach of trying to save himself for the playoffs because he's going to have to carry an immense load come playoff time. Mm-hmm. LeBron yes. is going to be the guy that you know he's going to be LeBron. LeBron has been there before, but AD has also witnessed what it's like to kind of burn out in the playoffs after having to carry a team, and he's going to have to be the the separating factor between the Lakers and their competition. So the fact that he is in any way, shape, or form kind of saving himself for the playoffs, I'm with it. I think it's smart. So, yeah, yeah, overall, I think, you know, as individuals, 
LeBron and AD have been perfectly fine to great. Uh, and then when you consider what they have done together and when they really flip that switch, they look legitimately special. And that's what the Lakers have needed. I'm, I'm, I, I really like what I've seen from them so far these first 53 games. Absolutely. All right, let's take a uh, quick second here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the role players who, you know, it's kind of tough to be a role player on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis because you are going to be expected to be consistent with inconsistent touches and inconsistent opportunities. Uh, So let's I'm interested to see, Pete, how you feel about uh, their roles so far this year. Today's show is brought to you in part by the Arizona Board of Tourism. Uh, Spring training is basically now. (laughs) It is getting ready to kick off. Uh, Games are going to start here fairly shortly. Players, pitchers, catchers, everybody is has reported. The Lakers are all, or not the Lakers, the Dodgers are are all set out there and are ready to tip off an incredible, what could be an incredible season this year. Uh, they finally fully committed to going all in for a World Series, and you're going to want to get in on that experience right from day one. The best way to do that, head on out to Arizona to the Cactus League and check out their spring training out there. Visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Again, and that's visit arizona.com slash spring training. Uh, and you can get you can you can find out more about the Cactus League, but also the hiking, the biking, the uh, restaurants, the food, restaurants and food go hand in hand, <laughs> the music, the bar scene, golf, anything you might be looking for, Arizona has you covered, especially this time of year. So again, that's visit arizona.com slash spring training. Visit arizona.com slash spring training to start planning your trip right now. All right, so being a role player on a LeBron James team especially, right? And I think we see this with all the ball dominant players. The you know, James Harden is one of them, Chris Paul is one of them, but even before he and Harden were were a tandem of ball dominance on the same team. LeBron James is going to have the ball a lot. And what that means is when you get the ball, it's going to be as an opportunity to either score or put your team in an even better spot to be able to score after LeBron's uh, created an initial advantage. And that can be kind of a daunting task. You're just like <laughs> you're expected to have that on switch where you get the ball and, okay, now I, now I got to produce. Um how do you feel that the Lakers, one, do you agree with the premise? And then two, how do you feel about how the way that the Lakers role players has handled those expectations? Yeah. So I actually disagree with the premise. And the reason being is I think that having LeBron especially, but also AD, I think that it makes it hard for role players who have not accepted that they're role players or do not have the skill sets to those, oh, those weird, like specialists. <laughs> you all right there? Yeah, it was just an odd, odd, weird cough. <laughs> I'm not used to the cold out here. Yeah, yeah, you're a uh, California boy out in Texas. Is like, it's only been over 60 and it rained the day it was over 60. That's it. Dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> what yes. are these seasons? I've never experienced this. I, I, I was walking. I just literally walked the dog before I got here today. And I like had a sneezing attack because it's so damn cold outside. I'm not, I'm not built for this. I thought I had spent an entire year of building a layer of fat to separate me in this <laughs> in this weather. But no, nope, didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't, didn't matter. 
Anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah, man, with the with the role players, um, I actually think they make their jobs easier. I think that if and that's part of the value of having veterans who kind of like know who they are, know why they're in the league and what they're there to do. Um, I think it's also why Kuzma has been the guy who's had the hardest time adjusting to just this like totally different team mm-hmm. that we have. But I, I think just to put it simply in uh, having LeBron, especially like we see how much harder it is for role players when he's not on the floor. Yeah. And it's, they have a lot of guys who are there to do their job. Danny green is there to knock down spot up threes. Every Bradley's job is to play ball pressure and hopefully make a few more threes. Like he has been over the last 20 games shooting 47% or mm-hmm. something from three. Um, but everybody has like something that's very clearly defined and that, and that's something from talking to LeBron fans on Twitter, that that's been a really interesting observation they've had that, that many of them have had when I've talked to them has been that they've been surprised at, at how everybody on this team has accepted their role, which is the biggest hurdle to being a role player. Uh, and, and everybody I think has done a really good job of that. Kuz is the one guy where, uh, you know, like, like Rondo just doesn't have it. He's just not that player anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kuz is the one guy who's trying real hard, but what he's being asked to do is so different from what he's done in the past that he has the longest learning curve. It's also why I haven't like given up on him and joined the Kuz's terrible, uh, bandwagon, right? Because I, I think still think there's something there. It's just the basketball journey he's had to go on has been farther than anywhere else yeah i don't i don't agree with anybody who says that kuzma is terrible or kuzma is bad at basketball i just think it's that like for me personally because i'm 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 I'm, i've become pretty vocal in my in my frustration with kuzma it's Mm -hmm. and this is a this is a general stance on basketball players period there's i wish we would define players more by impact than just talent and i think sometimes uh kuzma's talent is something that we can kind of marvel at and see some of the things he does but his impact can kind of leave something to 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 be desired and uh if he accepts his role and starts making more of an impact, uh, then then that's what the Lakers are, are really looking for. And, and honestly, like you know, we kind of joked about hating kids at the beginning of, this, of uh, the show, but that's the, this is why LeBron preferred the kinds of veterans and hand chose a lot of the veterans that they have right now. Is that he saw. He wanted professionals who just knew yep. what, what were expected of them. You know, growth wasn't a big concept. It isn't of much importance to mm-hmm. LeBron. It's just, can I trust you to do your job when yes. I give you the opportunity to do that job? And, you know, he he didn't feel like he could trust Lonzo. He didn't feel like he could trust Brandon or, or, or any of the other young guys. And he's learned over the course of the season he can trust Caruso, right? I think mm-hmm. that's an interesting kind of dynamic that we've been able to watch grow over the course of the season. And I think he's still, you know, because Kuzma hasn't given him much reason to trust it to this point, uh, he's still trying to see whether Kuzma actually can, right? And I think mm-hmm. we're like a step away from LeBron having one of those uh, fit-in posts that he used to make about Kevin Love <sighs> with, with right. Kuzma. That's right. Uh, and- so, so, yeah, I, I, I think... Overall, I, I've been okay with the role players, uh, given what they're asked to do. I, I do think they need to get better, though, in order for the Lakers to reach their goal. Huh, that's interesting. That's How, how would they get—so let me just uh, separate it, I guess, between mm-hmm. guys I'm happy with and guys that we yeah, need more out of, that's I guess, right? Um, Dwight Howard, thrilled. Yep. KCP, very happy. Mm-hmm. Um 
JaVale's done his job. I, I'm not expecting anything more from JaVale than what he's given us. Avery Bradley needs to shoot better. Uh, it, like, he needs to keep doing what he's been doing. Doesn't need to shoot 47% from three. But he, Can we uh, take a quick tangent on, on Bradley? Yeah, go for it. You're, you watch the games more than I do, literally quantitatively more. Uh, you spend uh-huh. more time watching these games. While Bradley has been shooting better, I kind of watched for it last night. It felt like he was approaching defense slightly more conservatively. And yeah, you know, I'm writing something for the athletic on this right now. It should be out by the time everyone hears this. Um, he, he's not the defender he used to be because he's not the athlete he used to be. Yeah. All of the injuries have kind of taken their toll and, and shut down his lateral quickness a bit. Uh, we saw Jamal Murray break his ankles on a left wing three. I'm, I am concerned a bit about Bradley on the defensive end. And I think he's the guy who, of the guys that I'm like, I'm, I'm decently happy with. I think he's the guy who's most likely to fall off or be become a liability in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm wrong about that. Um, but yeah. And, and even with the, the shooting that he's been providing, it's like, he's not a shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just making, and he gets less attention from defenses than other guys do. So um, like Bradley is someone I'm, I'm I'm happier with, uh, not all the way happy. Uh, Danny Green, I'm I'm happy with. I'd love for him to not score 21 night and then four the next night, but yeah. that's Danny Green. That's the guy we signed up for, and that's who he's always been. Um, Caruso's been fantastic. He's improving on offense. Uh, he's just not getting enough playing time. No need to beat the Rondo dead horse. Kuz is not a guy I'm. I've been thrilled with at all. Um, I think that's about it of the role players that that play a lot. But all in all, I'm actually I'm actually pretty happy because uh, Dwight Howard I think is a big win that it's easy to overlook. Yeah. As is uh, a KCP really turning it around. Well, that's kind of why I would like to see more because you know we couldn't have predicted that Dwight would be this right. Like, literally nobody, other than just blind Lakers stands, were saying that this was coming from Dwight, right? Uh, So with that found money, and with KCP becoming as good as KCP has been, like, you can make a legitimate case, I think, that he's, like, the Lakers' third best player this season. Third or fourth Mm -hmm. best player. Um, Fourth at at worst, really. Um, Mm Yeah. So that, you know, with those guys being, you know, relative found money, I still am a little nervous about some of the the spacing and, and some of the stuff that, that the Lakers are going to need moving forward. And and I think where they can improve is in guys like, uh, I actually kind of like that Bradley has realized some of his own physical limitations and is more focused on keeping the ball in front of him than he is disrupting mm-hmm. opposing offenses, going out of his way to oppose mm-hmm. uh, oppo- uh, to uh, interfere with those guys' offense. I-, I-, I like his approach at this point. And if that means he's also going to shoot better, then I think overall he's a more impactful player. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we made the point about Kuzma. Kuzma. Kuzma, you know, there were there were people, and some of the people I respect were saying, well, is Kuzma going to be the, the Lakers' third best player? Is he going to be their fourth best? Well, where is he actually going to wind up? And, you know, what's he at right now? Do you think he's, like, the sixth best player? Like, like Oof. he's had the sixth Ooh. or seventh might be best generous. season? Might be generous, yeah. Yeah, right? uh, yeah, probably seventh or eighth would be my guess. Yeah, and so, you know, if he does 
kind of realize what it is the Lakers need from him and accepts that, then then you're starting to see a a kind of secondary group that can you know doesn't need a Collison as much, right? If if Caruso gets more minutes, then not signing Collison hurts a little less. Uh, so that's that's more what I mean. It's not that like they have disappointed me or anything. I've liked for the most part what I've seen. It's just that the Lakers are going to need more because it looks pretty clear at this point that the Bucks, especially, and maybe also the Clippers, are a step ahead. And I, I just while LeBron is going to take a step forward in the playoffs, and and while AD is probably going to you know with just more minutes is going to be a better player, more impactful playoff uh, player than than these guys. Some of these guys are going to have to step up in key moments, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I need to see more from them to be able to trust that they can. Yeah, that's totally fair. All right, let's uh, let's take another quick second here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the guys that built this team. Oh, I, well, I mean, the other guys that built this team. We talked about LeBron and AD earlier, but we're going to talk about the the <laughs> the actual front office. We're going to talk about the coaching staff, um, and and send you guys off into the All Star break, hopefully on a positive note. Alright, so we have talked about the stars, we have talked about the role players, now it's time to talk about the guys that are off the court, whose impacts are, you know, still very large, loom very large on this team. Uh, Let's start with the the guys who put this team together, the guy, really, who put this team together, and I say that, you know, also because it's objectively true that Rob Palenka is the guy that, that, that literally signed all these guys to their deals. Um, but also to point out how thin the front office is. And that's become, you know, a source of, I guess I could use concern as the term, uh, for lack of a better one at the moment. But how have you felt about the job Polinka has done to this point, uh, now knowing that he was also promoted over the course of the season? <laughs> I like how you frame that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start with a compliment. Mm-hmm. I think that it's easy to overlook how well they bounce back from Kawhi. This mm-hmm. team makes sense, and it makes sense while not signing anybody until like July 6th or July 7th, or agreeing to terms with anybody, right? The market was mostly dried up. They had a plan B in place that they executed, and part of the reason they're 41 and 12 right now is because the role players that they put around LeBron and AD make sense, and they fit. So kudos to Rob Palenka on that. Uh in season, I think that there was a miscalculation at the trade deadline regarding, uh, you know, what they need uh, or, or their chances at getting Collison, mm-hmm. their chances at like upgrading this roster. I think that either Intel was poor or it was a poor plan, uh, but they find themselves right now in a place where they need to find shot creation outside of LeBron and. We're talking Tyler Johnsons and Dion Waiters and hopefully Reggie Jackson or somebody like that. But on any of those, you got to overlook a lot and talk yourself into some things. Mm-hmm. And they should not be in that position. I think that if Collison was not coming, they should have been more aggressive with shopping coups. Now, if they can't get a legit shot creator, so be it. But I think that if you know, if you if you make a trade for one of the you know the different guys rumored were Schroeder and Derrick Rose and uh, 
who's the guy, uh, Dan Whitty in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can get either of any of those guys on a, in a reasonable, reasonable package, that would have been the way to go. So I, I, my opinion of Palinka's season with my, my heart hugely going out to him, considering what happened mm-hmm. to his, his friend, uh, that the, the planning for what the roster would be at this point, I think was a little bit poor. That's kind of, so one thing that you and I have spent a lot of time, especially this upcoming during the off season, one of the points that we made quite a bit was you're the Lakers having the, the front office is not capped, right? There's, if you, if you print money, the Lakers were just valued, I believe at like four point, Two or four point three billion dollars, mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, once again, they've been, they've been over four billion dollars for uh, for quite some time now. They print money. If they want to release some some new form of merchandise, Laker fans will flock to go get it. Right? Sure. Uh, so, with that kind of said, I wish that I trusted more aspects of the front office than I do. Like I, yeah, I, that's fair. I, I wish that there were more people, there were more kind of cooks in the kitchen here and more diverse cooks in the kitchen. Because right now, everybody kind of, you know, it's there's value and everybody rowing in the same direction. But every so often, you do need a different type of mind, a different type of background. And and the evidence is, is on this Lakers team itself, right? Frank Vogel mm-hmm. comes from a different background than LeBron James, than Anthony Davis. And that background has helped cultivate a pretty cool relationship between those three guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I would hope that the Lakers have kind of taken note of that and might consider, you know, expanding and beefing up a front office this, this season. And while it's tough to levy that criticism on Polinka specifically because you know, it's not like he hired himself, right? Like he 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 hired himself while the Lakers were scrambling to find a replacement, or, or or he was hired while the Lakers were scrambling to find a replacement for Magic Johnson, and then mm-hmm. from there it was just like, all right, Rob, there are the keys, go do your thing, and right. and you know he is kind of by nature it seems like kind of a lone wolf. I I, I kind of I want to see over the course of the his tenure with the Lakers, he starts to trust more people because some of what happens when you try to take on something as large as running the Lakers by yourself is stuff those cracks get pretty wide and some important mm-hmm. some important stuff starts falling through those cracks. And now the two examples of of poor Intel on on key targets that the Lakers had, like that's that's how that shows up. That's how that's yep. that's where that where where you really get bitten. And I think that's where, you know, if I was to levy, I think the most valid criticism of Palenka to this point is he needs to trust more people and the Lakers need to allow him to bring in a more diverse front office than they currently have. I think that's 100% on the mark. But like you said, though, he did do a fantastic job of having a plan A in Kawhi and then very clearly also having a plan B just in case Kawhi didn't happen. He was, Mm -hmm. it appears... Just talking to Danny Green and just saying, "Hey, if this doesn't work out, we're, we're you know here's some extra money." Same thing for uh, Javale. And then when Demarcus Cousins went down, he did a really good job of making up for because remember, Dwight wasn't going to happen. That wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't an option initially for the Lakers, and uh, he did a really good job of approaching Dwight, seeing where the person Dwight Howard was. 
and and taking advantage of that growth that we've seen this year. So Palenka de- deserves a ton of credit for those things. It's just and, and with, with Dwight real quick the the non the non guaranteed contract was yeah. big too there like do, doing that. So yeah, I apologize yeah. for the the interrupt. But. Now, it's kind of tough because Polinka said that was him, and then Dwight also said, like, there are people from Dwight's camp who was, I think Dwight himself said that he requested so to be uh, a, a, a uh, non-guaranteed contract as well. So, however that worked out, though, what it, what's important is that Polinka looked at him in the face and, and, and had a conversation with him, saw where Dwight was, saw where Dwight wanted to go, kind of noticed that Dwight himself was frustrated with the way his career was going, and Polinka gave him uh, the the support to be able to take advantage and, and continue to grow with the Lakers. And the Lakers have, I mean, he's been huge for the Lakers, as we just talked about uh, in, in the last segment. So overall, I think Palenka gets a passing grade. It's just that moving forward, you know, just like you would expect a young player to grow, Palenka is a young executive. And good point. I, I hope that this is one of the ways he grows is he starts trusting people. How do you feel about Frank Vogel? Pretty good, man. I like that dude. Yeah. I like that dude a lot. You know, one thing that he does that may drive us crazy in the short term, but I think is awesome and great for chemistry and just especially on a team like the Lakers in a city like L.A., I have never heard him say anything that could be remotely construed as anything bad about any of his players. Yeah. Right. He knows Rondo has been playing like crap. <laughs> Now, the reasons why he still plays, hey, we could debate that. Mm -hmm. Frank Vogel knows that Mm -hmm. Rondo has played like crap. Um, You will never hear him say a crossword about one of his players. I love that in a coach. That's Mm -hmm. absolutely how it it should be. Now, behind the closed doors, when it's just y'all, that's exactly the time where you should be on everybody's ass. Mm -hmm. But that's not the place to do it through the media. Uh, so I, I, that's just a small thing I wanted to acknowledge that, that he's done well. Um, I, I said the other day, you know, that his rotations have been my least favorite part. Uh, my favorite part, his game plans defensively yes. kick ass defensively. They especially, are so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. He is so prepared. He sends everybody to their weaknesses. Um, everybody on the Lakers has a really good idea of what their rotation is, what their, what their job is. And so if, that's a coach's job is to clearly communicate. This is what I want from you. And he's done a fantastic job of tailoring that to the different teams that they've played. Um, and I think it bodes well for the playoffs, that type of mm-hmm. preparation and, and detail work. Yeah. If he's doing so, that on a night by night basis, imagine what those defensive, the, when he just focuses on that, one team yeah, and him that, and the whole when staff. that strategy is just for, for one mm-hmm. team over a seven game series that that bodes well for the Lakers. Absolutely. So all in all, man, I'm thrilled with Vogel. If they can do a little more of that, like what was that second unit? It was Caruso, Green, KCP, AD, and Dwight, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And in those non-LeBron minutes, and they went on like an 11-0 run. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, we went on a Like, when do we ever go on an 11-0 run when yeah. LeBron's on the bench, right? Like, uh, if he could just tighten up them rotations a little bit. And, bro, if he wants to play 10 guys, which is he said before, play Quinn Cook instead. Like, give him mm-hmm. Rondo's minutes, like, if it's got to be that way. So, yeah, man. Um, but all in all, really happy with Frank. How you doing? I think success is defined by what you do compared to expectations and our expectations for Frank Vogel <laughs> could not sure. possibly have been lower uh, <laughs> heading into this season. Remember he was the Lakers, arguably their like third or fourth choice 
by the time he was actually hired. I think Lou was the first guy. They really wanted Kid, but they kind of knew that the optics of that weren't going to be great. There was another guy. Uh, Monty Williams was somebody that they really wanted as well. Um, and then Vogel... Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of the story that you the the stories that you and I both have as coaches, where we showed up for one interview and then walked away <laughs> with a program. Basically, uh, that 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 Frank has gone from that to where he is right now is pretty miraculous, really. Yeah. Uh, given given, you know, especially given the kind of roster that he was asked to. This isn't some young team, right? Like it, it'd be one thing if he was asked to kind of watch over the rebuild if LeBron never shows up because now you're talking you're, you're you're dealing with a low leverage situation where all fans are looking for is growth but this was a guy who if things didn't go very well could very easily have been was it Mike Williams uh Mike Brown Mike Mike Brown yeah he could have very easily been Mike Brown Right. And that's how sure. a lot of people saw the season going. So the fact that he is yeah. here right now coaching the All-Star game is a pretty incredible turnaround. Uh, and I think he yeah. deserves a ton of credit for that. I really like the point that you make about how he handles the media. For somebody who coached in Orlando and in Indiana, to, to, un- point. to understand that like the, the media out here and the coverage of this team is just different and that it requires a different approach, that's pretty incredible too. So I and, and I, I do think that Vogel can continue to improve, which makes me interested in, in how this is going to go moving forward as well. So overall, yeah, like the, the giant wart is, are the minutes that we have to watch Rajon Rondo. Right? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but other than that, I don't really, you know, th- there are a couple smaller qualms, and you mentioned uh, Quinn Cook, and that's one that, you know, I, I really do hope we get to see more of over the course of the season if the Lakers don't make another addition. Uh, so... Overall, I, I I think of the people that we graded, short of maybe LeBron, uh, yeah, I would say short of LeBron, I think I have the highest grade going to Vogel, and, and that's 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 pretty mm. incredible given where he where where he started this season. I would probably have him third behind LeBron, Dwight, and Dwight. Oh, okay, yeah, that's with a good one. with eight with AD real real close in that yeah. in that mix too. And again, relative to expectations, obviously AD is is number two, mm-hmm. but um, just relative to what we thought, yeah, man, really happy with Vogel. Yeah, it's it's been fun to watch that, and 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 again, it kind of just speaks to the importance that diversity holds right and now it's funny to think of diversity with like <laughs> middle-aged white man <laughs> is, is, is the is the diverse factor here but he comes from a different background than than the guys who the, the biggest voices in this locker room and they were able to come to a common ground and and like i said kind of cultivated a really cool relationship from that moving forward and and i think that's something that the lakers you know, Vogel's an outsider that they hired. It wasn't Byron Scott. It wasn't Magic Johnson. It wasn't Kurt Rambis. It was Frank Vogel, and it, and and he kind of should show them that hey, you don't have to be a Laker to be successful as a Laker. I hope they kind of yeah. they, they kind of learn this lesson and 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 broaden that out to throughout their organization. Very well said. You've been on fire on this one, man. This is uh, this is your thirty-two point triple double or whatever LeBron had last <laughs> night. 
<laughs> you called me Monte Morris to start the thing. So <laughs> yeah, I had to. If I got to insult you at the beginning, say less, man. I am. I am all about doing that at the top of the show. If we're gonna get this, you, this out of you, you know. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Let's uh, let's let's send this out on a in a, on a lighter note because uh, you're gonna take you're gonna be off next week, and mm-hmm. uh, we already have a fun week of shows kind of lined up for that. Uh, we had bets. We had one sp- significant or one specific bet that I haven't paid up on yet that I think we need to try to make happen here. It was that if Dwight Howard was Ooh, yeah. yeah was still on this roster beyond Christmas, I would do a Reddit AMA. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if if any of you have access or or or, or or are a moderator on on Reddit. Let me know how we can get this thing done. I have to I have to pay up that. Pete, uh, I think right now are are Portland are they ready to make the playoffs? Dame just got hurt. Yeah. So they were they were kind of like right in the mix on that mm-hmm. with Dame getting hurt. Um, New Orleans is playing really well. Memphis has Memphis been really good. They're in the eighth spot right now. Um, New Orleans schedule to end the year is like they're going to probably go on a chair. Boy, would that be a first round series? Huh? That'd be great. Lakers versus Pelicans. Um, yeah. I, I, with Dame getting hurt, if Dame hadn't gotten hurt, I'd still like I, I'd feel OK about my chances. But if Dame's out for like the two to three weeks that I've, I've heard, at least he's going to be. I'm not feeling too good about it all right so you're going to be in the land of pineapple that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) this upcoming week (laughs) and if you want out on this portland bet if you could take a video if genie can take a video of you eating a slice of pineapple pizza i will let you off of the portland bet and i will pay up i I have to pay up the dwight bet so what what were the stakes for the Portland bet? I forget. Aside I, from that, I think it was just on the board, which I think got lost in the move. So that's great. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but but it was. I think it was just a bo- a bet on the board. Uh, that 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 was just one of them, and then we were going to take a, a tally at the end of the year of how that goes. But I will pull that that bet off of the board <laughs> if you take a video of yourself eating any. I won't even make it pineapple pizza, Pete. I will make it any kind of cooked pineapple, whether that's like a slice of pineapple that's like roasted on top of a piece of ham, right, with some teriyaki sauce on it. Whatever, whatever it's going to take. Just eat some cooked pineapple, and I promise you're going to thank me after you're done. All right. So first off, <laughs> I would never, <laughs> I would never back out on a bet mm-hmm. when I still have a chance to win. All right. So, so that that's the first thing. All right. Secondly, in the land of pineapples, do you think they have pineapple on pizza? Or do you think that that's they consider it the abomination that it actually is? No, I bet you they have pineapple on pizza. And I mean, it's I'm probably sure really good. I, I bet you it's re- like if there's a place to get good pineapple on pizza, it's where you're heading. All right. The, so the people want it, Pete. I, so first off, no, no, because I'm not because I'm not backing out of the bet. And if it comes to that, I will opt for I could do maybe pineapple and ham. Damn it. We'll yeah. we'll see. Yes, it's like, it's like, so I, like I will, any kind of like teriyaki pork with pineapple on top of it is delicious. Maybe some sriracha too to like get you some of that spice. I'm telling you, you can eat it if you like. <laughs> I will I give you mine. I'll give you mine. <laughs> I'm not flying to the land of pineapple with you. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this episode, this week's, and this half of the seasons. 
episodes of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Fun all-star break ahead. Uh, you have LeBron and AD participating in the all-star game. Uh, I don't think anybody else is in like skills challenges or anything like that with the Lakers, right? Mm-mm. Uh, unfortunately, they, they weren't able to extend the Ben Simmons rule and get Caruso a spot on the Rising Stars Challenge. That would have been fun. Uh, but but you know what? All-Star Game at least should be really fun. Oh, no! I take that back. Dwight's in the dunk contest. Oh, I thought you said that already. Yes. Yeah, of course. Uh, the, 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 the Let Dwight Dunk campaign has happened. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, so everybody, go out there and enjoy your All-Star Weekend. Recharge your batteries. We'll come back on Monday with a fun mailbag and All-Star Recap. Everything that you might be needing. And uh, and a fun week ahead of shows while Pete is out. Thanks very much for listening to this episode. Have a great weekend. Make somebody else's, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Have a great All Star break, guys.